Welcome to Ag State of Mind, a podcast that examines the stresses affecting producers of agriculture and how to alleviate these stresses and improve farmers' lives. In this podcast, we discuss openly the mental health crisis that is occurring in the agricultural community and what we can do to help turn it around. Now here's your host, Jason Meadows. Greetings and welcome to this episode of the Ag State of Mind podcast, a proud member of the Global Ag Network. I am your host, Jason Meadows. Today, we are actually going to go solo. We here in Missouri are kind of just closing up the last part of our firearms portion of deer season. And if you all are following along on my social media, you'll know that I have kind of really engaged this year in deer hunting and really kind of learned a lot of lessons from this. And I'm going to talk about a couple of those lessons here today because I think they're very important. They're lessons that you can learn other places, but maybe not so intimately as you can uh, when you're deer hunting. And I'll start off by saying, like, I am not an avid deer hunter. For years, I never did it. It was never something that was important to me. I did it a little bit in high school, but I, I found I'm the type of person that if I sat out in a deer stand all day long and I didn't kill anything, or even if I did kill something, I still feel like I wasted the day. And I would, my mind would race about all the things that I wasn't doing at home. And it wasn't a very relaxing activity, not a very enjoyable activity for me. So I just didn't do it for pretty much most of my life until uh, Levi got old enough to really get into it. Uh, a few years ago, when an, on youth season, some friends of ours actually took him out deer hunting for his first time, shot his first deer with them. And something I'm not really like, wasn't really ashamed, but I thought, well, I, this is something, this is an opportunity for him and I to have something that we can do together. And from then on out, we have hunted together and I've been a part of it this entire time. And it's passed down to one of our other sons, Carter. And it's just been a really important experience. And again, I talked about this on my social media, the last couple of weeks, or actually this past week, and there's two lessons that I learned. The first one was Carter and I were hunting last week, and we had something that was just kind of like, it, it was an experience where I didn't really... I thought it was a negative experience, but when I kind of really thought about it and reshaped the way I thought about it, it was a, it was a positive experience. So Carter and I were out hunting. Uh, we didn't see anything from our blind, so we were walking back towards our gator to go back home. Well, it was still light enough to where we could see. It was still light enough to where we could hunt. Um, we saw a couple of deer. We kind of sneaked around, got some position on them, and... I actually had a decent shot on one of them. I shot and I missed. And for at first, that was really hard for me to swallow. It was hard for me to understand that my son, someone who looks up to me, he saw some he saw me fail. He saw me not accomplish an objective that we set out to accomplish. We worked really hard for it didn't and it didn't work out. I didn't I was afraid that it was going to make me be seen less in his eyes. But I realized later on that, that I was going about that whole thing totally wrong. That 
this was actually a good thing for him to see me fail for once. Um, not for once, but for him to, you know, so intimately see me fail and not do something well. Uh, maybe not do things the way maybe he anticipated that it would work out. And I'll go back to my own childhood. I was under the impression that everything my dad did was perfect, that he had no struggles. I didn't see him really fail that much. And for me, that meant that I, when I went into an adulthood, I had this like totally blown out of proportion idea of what adulthood should look like. I thought that I, everything should come easy to me because it came easy to my dad. And when it didn't come easy to me, I thought that maybe it made me less than of a person. I wasn't what I was supposed to be, but it took me a really, really long time and really several years even to be in a, a father myself to understand that um, nothing was wrong with me, that everybody struggled. So I feel like in this kind of incident here, this kind of lesson opportunity that I had with Carter this past week, it, it was a good opportunity for him to see his dad not be perfect, to see his dad fail. And maybe it's an opportunity for him going forward in his life to know that we can mess up. We can do things that are not perfect always. And it's okay. And I, I'm really valuable that it's Carter who got to see that in me because Carter is one who is super hard on himself. He's the one, he's the son of ours who is by far the hardest on himself and has a really hard time with quote unquote failure. And he wants everything to be perfect. And it's when it's not, it's hard on him. And I, I think it was a really, even though it was unintentional and it wasn't something that I obviously anticipated or even something that I wanted to happen, it actually happening turns out it was it's probably going to be a good thing in in the long run. And the second experience that we had is again, not an avid deer hunter. Uh, even when I did kill deer, my dad pretty much did all the work <laughs> when I was a kid when he cutting the deer up, I really I, I I was the kind of kid that if somebody was going to do something for me, I just let them. And I didn't really care about learning that sort of thing. And I just kind of let it all go. Well, that kind of has come back to bite me a lot of times as an adult and found me lacking in skills where I th personally feel like I should have. Now, should is, an, is actually a make-believe word. I, I challenge anyone who says they should know how to do something because that's really for no one to determine. Um, so should really, in my opinion, is made up. Um, but I kind of digress there. Uh, but so this week, this, this past deer season, our local butcher, the one that's closest to us, I mean, less than 10 minutes from our house shut down. I'm not sure exactly the circumstances around it shutting down, but it was very, it was one of those places where it was very easy for us to uh, just drop a deer off whenever. And they shut down this year. And the closest processor for deer for us is probably, I'd say, 40, 45 minutes away. And it's a long drive. And uh, it's something that I, if I, I didn't really want to have to do it. Uh, I didn't really want to. Um, 
if that makes any sense. And plus, it's an expense to have something uh, processed fully by by a processing plant. So I thought this year, and I said going into the beginning, I was going to try and cut up deer by myself. Well, the first time when Carter shot his deer in youth season, it was, um, I cut it up. We I did all this stuff by myself, uh, just basically by how I thought it should be done. I didn't watch any tutorials. I didn't watch any pictures. I didn't have anybody come over and show me. I just went in head first, like I do with everything, not necessarily knowing what to do, how to do it. And I just went in and uh, honestly didn't do a very good job. I mean, I got it done. We're still going to be able to eat the meat. Nothing was ruined, um, but it was uh, probably not as a precise and good of job as I could have done. Um, and I, I put that out on Twitter that I was, that I had that experience and, um, you know, I wished it could have been, I wished I could have done better, but I still did it. Well, somebody came back and uh, apologies if somebody, whoever did is listening and I don't give you credit to me, to you. I, 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 for the life of me, do not remember who it was, but they suggested that I go onto YouTube and find a video by the bearded butchers on how to process, cut up a deer. And so I did that this last time, and I watched it a couple of times, and then this past week, Levi killed a deer, uh, killed a small button buck. Again, not something that I wanted to take 45 minutes away to process, uh, something that I wanted to try and cut up on my own. So instead of just going at it nose first like I normally do in things, I sat down, watched that video a couple of times, watched the precise cuts they made, even watch them how after they had quartered the deer, how they deboned all of the meat um, in a more natural process. And uh, I was able to do a much, much cleaner job. And, you know, it got me to thinking like how you are never too old or too anything to learn a new skill and again like I said it earlier there's no really should should's a make-believe word there I told myself I should know how to do this as being 37 years old living where I live living the kind of life that I live but in reality I didn't it wasn't something I learned because it wasn't something important to me so why would I learn a skill that I didn't feel like was important to me. I shouldn't have learned something that that was important to me. So should is honestly make believe. So I am very, and I will say it, I, I don't mind kind of bragging on myself a little bit here. I'm very proud of myself and that I humbled myself enough to learn this skill and not be too proud to say, oh, I should have already known how to do it and I'm not going to do it. I think we do that a lot in life. Like we feel like we're too old for something or too advanced for something. And it goes back to like my second episode with Mary Jo Ehrman, where we talked about being a lifelong learner. And uh, so many of us, we have the I have arrived syndrome, the fact that we are too good or too proud to be able to learn anything new. And uh, she really challenged that. And she really helped me see that that's a really important thing that I need to know how to do is become a lifelong learner and not be too proud to ask the questions. And that's what I'm really like thankful for, for Carrie and my 
my life, for Levi in my life, and for the influence of younger people in my life. Uh, the thing about this younger generation, even Gen Zs and even uh, the younger generation than Gen Zs, Gen Alpha, is they are not afraid to ask questions. They're not proud, too proud to, to ask questions. And they're always humbling themselves, asking the questions and wanting to know what the best way to do things. And they don't care uh, what someone else thinks about them if they just ask the question. And that is such a valuable skill and something I'm really trying to learn in myself, trying to teach myself to be more of a lifelong learner and not be so proud um, and be humble and trying to find out all the information I can. So, and this just goes back to show, I am so thankful for the lessons that I've been able to learn this year in deer hunting. Uh, you know, this is a podcast about agriculture culture about mental health and agriculture and if we go back really down to the roots of it deer hunting or not just deer hunting but hunting in general is a big part of agriculture i mean it's a part of food production it's a part of land management it's a part of a holistic approach to making our land better conservation is and i i feel like a lot of times the forestry and hunting industries are kind of left out of the picture when we talk about agriculture but they're very, very integral parts of it. And I, I feel very happy that I am able to participate in that. And just even just this little bit that I am, I'm glad that we have kind of this holistic view of what agriculture is and hunting is a huge part of that. And it just being able, this lessons that I have learned have made me much more of a humble person. It's made me really the importance of lessons that can be taught to my children through hunting, through con land conservation. And also, and I don't know, maybe most importantly, it gives us a very intimate connection with our food. We are able to harvest that animal. We're able to take it and make the cuts on the meat. And really, absolutely, we know exactly where that animal came from. And it's a really, really important lesson that we are very fortunate to be so connected to our food. And I hope that everyone at some point in their life has the opportunity to feel that connection that we do. And it's just, it's an overall incredible feeling. And, you know, it's a feel, it's a, it's a lesson and experience of fatherhood, of humility, uh, just very proud and very happy for the experiences we had this week. And I appreciate the opportunity that you all give me to share it with you. We will be going into, I'm just going to give you a little bit of inside baseball here, what's going on for the rest of the year. I have a few interviews lined up. There's going to probably be some shorter interviews. And I'm going to also say something about what we have going on with the Global Ag Network. You are going to start hearing some ads in my podcast. You're going to be hearing the same content from me. Nothing is going to change except for you are going to be hearing some ads. We recently signed a deal with the Global Ag Network as a whole uh, with a company who is going to be getting our podcast out to bigger audiences. I'm really excited for this opportunity and really humbled that I am a part of a great network that is wanting to reach more people and I'm I'm grateful for you all I'm grateful for the listeners followers of this podcast and all the support that you all have given us to get to this point this is a huge part for not only this podcast but all the podcasts of 
in the Global Ag Network, the Millennial Ag Podcast, Ag News Daily, Working Cows Podcast, Girls Talk Ag, and so many more great podcasts on the Global Ag Network. Great opportunity for us, and we all appreciate you as listeners, and especially me. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, We couldn't do it without you. So until next week, I will see you later and have a great Thanksgiving this week. And we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Ag State of Mind. We hope this episode has encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ag State of Mind. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week.